Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to the New Birth Podcast. There's a word of hope for you today and we are excited for what God is doing here at New Birth. For more information, visit our website, nbplaceofhope.com. Now for the message by our senior pastor, Gabby Mejia. Uh, so I want to jump really quickly into the sermon. Um, we, we've talked about for these last uh, couple weeks, I think it was four weeks, we've been talking about we understand and agree. And it kind of matches up with that pledge we every single Sunday, right? before we give, we have a pledge. And one thing we wanna be as a church, we don't, we don't wanna ever be a church that just says things and expect everyone to know them. That's not who we are. Um, but I believe that because we are deliverers of this message, this Bible message, uh, God's called us to, to dissect it, to explain it. So these last four weeks have been a dissection of that, that, that pledge we say every single week before we give, um, that, that one we just read earlier. Um, so tonight, today, we're gonna to be ending that series off with one of the last phrases in that, in, in that pledge, and that is, we are a reflection of our creator. That's actually going to be the title of tonight's talk. Is anybody taking notes in church? Anybody love to take notes? Well, all my hope group people at? If you're in the hope group, you in the house tonight? Yeah. So we talk about group, in groups we talk about the sermon, so it's really good to take notes. Um, a reflection of our creator. I want to talk for a moment um, about a reflection Reflections, what do they mean? What are they? Um, the, the truth is, is that I think that the church of Christ really takes on where we're supposed to be at, really takes on, you know, the, 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 the mission that God has given us. I believe when we understand our a reflection. I think that's super important because sometimes we forget that Jesus is the one who died, that Jesus is the one who saves, that Jesus is the one who delivers, that Jesus is the one who heals. And, and, you know, a lot of times, you know, I've been in church for a little while. I've seen a lot of Christians trying to take on the job that only Jesus can take on. So what I hope today is for us, church, is that when God looks at New Birth Church, he sees a reflection of who he is. But he doesn't see a body of believers that are trying to be Jesus, but rather a body of believers understanding that they cannot be Jesus. So now we are a reflection of Jesus. Can I get a good Amen. Here's the truth. I don't know if this has ever happened to you before. If you've ever approached a really clean back door, sliding door, really clean, like just cleaned it. It's almost like there's not even a glass there, right? You ever, I'm talking about an experience, right? My sister, my sister, we get home <laughs> and we walked into the house and, you know, we're all chilling. And, and like my house, there's a big sliding door in the back and you kind of see like a lake and stuff. Um, don't search for my house. These same guys are at my house. Um, just kidding. I got two dogs, right? Those are my security. Two little chihuahuas. <laughs> They'll bite your foot off. So we got this huge sliding glass door in my house. I remember one time, you know, I was like, hey, let's just go outside. Let's chill outside. So my sister's in front of me. I didn't know the door was closed. I thought it was open because it was just so clean. My sister walks right into the sliding glass door, like head in, like boom. And I'm just like, sis, you all right? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny that something that, that's just, I, f I feel like the sliding door did its job. The, the sliding door is supposed to be, a, you know, a gateway between you and another place. But it's so invisible, you can't even tell it's there. I think that's the purpose of the church. Matter of fact, if, if you've ever seen the movies before, have you ever seen like a fighting scene? This happens in like old karate movies and sometimes they re reenact it. Um, you, you ever see like, they go into a random room full of mirrors right? So it's like, they're like walking through so many mirrors. They see the enemy in like every single direction. Anybody ever seen that? Anybody ever seen that before? And they go breaking mirrors like, psh, 
you know. I, I think that's awesome. I, I think the truth is, is that, that that's supposed to be what the church really is. I mean, a reflection. I mean, you're there, but you're, you're not really there. I've seen leaders come and go in church because they try to stay there and, and be it. But God's like, I'm going to weave out those who want to be seen there, but you're not supposed to be really there. I mean, even the worship team, our, our one goal when, with worship is we're, we're going we're gonna to get your attention for just a moment and send it right back to Jesus. I mean, you see us singing, you see me dancing and worshiping, and that's why these lights are never on during worship. You see us and you connect to God. We're called to be a reflection of our creator. A reflection. You'll always be let down trying to act a reflection to be something it isn't. You'll always be let down. You'll always be let down trying to act a reflection to be something that it isn't. And church, sometimes we beat ourselves up. Come on. We have Jesus in us. We have Jesus working in us. We're called to be a reflection, but sometimes we try to act like Jesus. Sometimes we try to act like we can take everyone's burdens and cares. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, Jesus says, listen, cast your cares unto me, not to my followers. You're not strong enough to hold that stuff. You're not big enough. You're called to simply be a reflection of your creator. And that's the truth. Here's what I want you to write down. I am not Jesus. I am only a reflection. Let's understand that today as a church. I can't forgive you of your sins. Only Jesus can do that. Churches mess up when they think they can change people. Leaders of this church, you cannot change no one. You are only responsible of reflecting the sin. That's why people go to church, people put clocks on them. Hey, you got six months to change. Because I'm going to try to get all that out of you, all that world out. I'm going to get it out. We're going to get it out. Watch. And I wish I could talk to those leaders and say, listen, that was never your job. You're supposed to walk with these people, talk with these people, and be just a mere reflection of who Jesus is. But you do not have the power to change people. Jesus does. We're always going to be a Jesus-centered church because Jesus does all the cool stuff. We just reflect him. Amen? And I want to prove that to you. It says in John, I got a couple verses from John today. It says, believe me, this is Jesus. Believe me, I'm in my Father and my Father is in me. If you can't believe that and believe what you see, these works, the person who trusts me will not only do what I'm doing, but even greater things because, so, so, so he says, you, church, you're going to do greater things than me. Why? Here's why. See, people say that and they say, no, 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 uh, uh, pastor, I don't think that's right. I don't think we're called to just be a reflection because Jesus says greater things you're going to do in me. But Jesus said that, but there's a clause to that. He said, listen, you're going to do greater things than me. You're going to do some amazing things because I am on my way to the Father. And I'm giving you the same work to do what I've already been doing. Jesus says you're going to do greater things, but those things are the things I've already done. And you're only going to do it because it's through me. He even goes further. He says, you can count on it from now on. Whatever you recall the lines of what? Of who I am and what I'm doing, I'll do it. That's how the Father will be seen for who is in the Son. I mean it. Whatever you request in this way, I'll do. So sometimes Christians take this verse and say, okay, great things you're doing in my name. Awesome, Jesus. I'm going to go stand in front of Central Park. I'm going to go to, uh, you know, to Times Square, and, and I'm going to say, God, just make all these buildings just disappear to prove your glory. Because greater things you'll do, I'll do in your name. You're, you're, missing, you're missing the point. Jesus says greater things you'll do if it looks like me, if it sounds like me, if it feels like me, and if it's in alignment with what the Father wants me to do, I'm going to grant it. But the truth is, church, we can only be as good as Jesus is. And Jesus is good. Amen? Yeah. 
We're called to be a reflection. We're called to be a reflection and nothing more. And here's the truth. If a mirror can talk, I think he'd say this. I cannot perform in the degree of what I'm reflecting, but I still need to give you a clear image. If a mirror can talk, he says, wait a minute, you're looking in the mirror and you're seeing something. You're seeing a reflection of something. But if you expect me to perform on that level, you got it all messed up. My job is to be as clear as possible so you see that image clearly. Church, our job is not to be Jesus. It's to reflect Jesus. And that's kind of the same thing. And believers would say that and say, okay, I'm not called to be good. I'm not called to be light. You are called to reflect Jesus, meaning reflect his message. Amen. So, so, so I, I, just, I hope this lifts the burdens off of some of y'all. I mean, preparing for this, it did for me. Because I've been trying to take some burdens from people. I've, I've been trying, the, the caster cares verse, caster cares to me, I'm your pastor. Caster cares to me, I'm your leader. Caster cares to me. And, and I, I'm telling you, the, the best moment in ministry is understanding that Jesus does all the work. I'm just reflecting who he is. And listen, you may not be a church leader, you may not be a pastor, I don't know who you are, but maybe some people see you as the only Jesus, and that's okay. But understand, you are only called to reflect Jesus and not change, not heal, that's not your job. And I feel that this is the weight being lifted off the church right now. Come on, do you feel that weight being lifted? I'm not called to heal people, I'm called to pray for healing that is in line with what Jesus wants to do. I'm not called to walk in a situation and say, I'm going to do this. I'm called to walk in a moment and say, Jesus can do this. I'm not called to wake up in the morning and say, yo, I got Jesus. I can do anything. No, no, no. I'm called to wake up in the morning and say, Jesus, do whatever you need to do. I'm your reflection. And I'm only here to be as clear as day. If a reflection was honest, a reflection would tell you, listen, I can't be what you're shining on the other end of me. I can't be that. I can only be as clear as possible. And that's where the work comes in. The work comes in when the church begins to be a dirty mirror. That's when the work comes into place. When people are looking at you and they're not really seeing a clear image of Jesus. When they're looking at you and, and a lot of what you're reflecting out isn't who Jesus is. And what he wants to do. That's why those people who don't like church the most have never been to church before. Hey, man, you like church? You know, I'm in college. I'm always with college people. Once you start talking about religion in church, you guys could probably agree. I don't go to church. That ain't me. Fake, phony. I don't like none of that. What church you go to? You know, how many churches you been to? I've never been in church in my life. They saw a bad reflection. They looked at the believers, they looked at the body, and they saw a distorted image. And the truth is, church, we've been given the image, this image of Jesus, and it's our job to reflect it correctly. It's our job to reflect the image of Jesus correctly. And here's the truth, that the gospel is good on its own. Amen? I don't know how to work this thing. Okay. I'm going to take a picture of you guys, right? You guys ready for this? You guys cool? Right, can we just real quick, can we just act happy in church, right? Can we just act? Come on, I'm taking a picture. <laughs> can we get a big smile, right? I'll probably, I'll probably get this middle. You guys ready on three? You guys ready? One, two, three. Beautiful. What's going on Instagram? Amen. You see, how many of you guys believe the gospel is good on its own? I need to add to it. And they take nothing away. I mean, have you ever I've seen the movies, they do this. They take a picture and, and they start. You ever seen that before with the Polaroids? 
You want to try? My arm hurts. <laughs> the truth is, I feel like, you know, so sometimes the church does this. If, here's the analogy. If this is the message of Jesus, we, we try to, do you see him now? No? One second. Sorry. It's funny. This is taking a while, but it's funny. I, I Googled. I was like, what does poor Lloyd have to say about all this? Because <laughs> I heard once someone told me a photographer, he said, listen, you, you shaking it damages the picture. It actually does something to it that's it, it was not natural. So I Googled, I said, okay, what does, what does Paul really have to say about this? This is a myth, and I want to crack the myth. And I Googled, this is what they said, literally from their website. He said, from Polaroid Company. So it says, says the, the image never touches air, so shaking it or waving it has no effect. The company said on its site, in fact, shaking or waving can actually damage the image. Rapid movement during development can cause portions of the film to separate prematurely or can cause blood. Polaroid said its film should be laid flat on a surface and shielded from the wind and that users should avoid bending or twisting these pictures. So if this is the gospel, church, you're not called to blow some wind on it. That's why people come to church, they feel uncomfortable, and the wind is the Holy Spirit. You're never called. You're called to, to protect it, to shield it. Because the only wind it needs is the wind that it already has. People stop going to churches because the Holy Spirit is such a touchy topic. I want to let you know we are a thriving Holy Ghost-filled church. Amen. Anybody in here believe in the power of the Holy Spirit? Come on. We just had a prayer night the other day. We had like 30 young people speaking tongues for the first time. And we taught about it. And we, we, before you ask for fire, you got to set the, the fireplace. So the, look at that. It's already, it's already getting messed up. You're supposed to protect it. The air already has us, the air that it already needs. Sometimes churches fall into the trap of taking this gospel message and sprinkling a little bit of yoga and Buddha. Sometimes, I, man, it's ministry, but it's the scariest ministry because everyone's trying to act like it's a pair of sneakers. What laces can I add to it to make it look better? What, what, what can I add to this gospel to make it feel better to people who don't know Jesus? I came to encourage you today, just like this picture, it is good on its own. I don't have to add anything. I don't have to bend it. I don't have to shake it. I don't have to add some wind to it. It is good on its own. It's perfect in every way. Jesus is perfect in every way. It's good all by itself. You know, when we started this church, I have a lot of church friends. I have a lot of church friends. We started this church. One of my buddies came up to me. He said, yo, you want to know what I heard? I was like, what? That's never good news. What? What'd you hear? He's like, someone told me, wait, how many salvations you guys got? And I was like, dude, in the first year, man, God, to God be the glory, like almost 400. This was year one. You guys remember the new birth letters? And, and, and you, know, you know, that's not normal, y'all. People getting saved like that, that's not normal. And so he was talking. He said, hey, man, you know, some people told me, it's like, you guys are watering down the gospel to get people saved. You're you acting like Jesus is for everybody. He's telling me, I'm like, so you tell me, let me get this, almost died. I won't tell nobody if you won't. Hit the lean back. He said, no, nah, man, I, I heard that. And just, what are you guys doing over there? Like, what are you guys preaching? Like, what's your theology? I'm like, uh, are we serious? I think the gospel is good all on its own. Friend, you know what people, well, you know what he's meaning when he's saying this? Let me tell you what he's meaning. This is what he's saying. 
sense. Is it, that means we're, when, when you water down the gospel, that this is what he's trying to say, friend, here for the first time. That means we're reflecting an image incorrectly in order to buy more people into this Jesus idea. That's what he's telling me. We're reflecting an image that's incorrect in order to buy more people into this Jesus idea. And the truth is, church, is that it is good all by itself. All by itself. We ain't, we ain't watering down the gospel. Here's what I believe. The gospel is too good to be true. Why do I need to water down the gospel if grace is for everyone? Do you know who your Jesus was? I was doing this morning devotional. Jesus was called the friend of sinners. The church should be called the friend of sinners. The church should be a hub of sinners. The church should be a place when you go home Instagram, you're saying, look at this church person I just worshiped with today. Look what they're doing. They're sinning. That's awesome. We're not a church for perfect people. We're a church for the broken. This gospel does not need to be watered down to be a reflection of who God is. Look, the image hasn't even loaded because of all the wind I've been adding to it. That's why churches aren't growing because they're adding wind. That's trash. That's not Jesus. We're called to reflect the pure image of who he is. And if I'm a little mad right now and like excited and hype, I'm sorry. Trying to reflect Jesus. It says in Romans chapter five or seven. Let me talk to you for a little bit. Oh, too good to be true this gospel is. It says in Romans verses five, chapter five, seven to 11, it says, Christ arrives right on time to make this happen. He didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. Have you ever heard this before? I need, I need to do some things before I get to church. I need, I need to get myself together before I get to church. I need to stop doing that sin before I get to church. Anybody ever tells you that, say, listen, that's not the gospel. Come as you are. If anybody ever tells you that, hey, you want to come to church, I'm so dirty, come dirty, come clean. Because truth be it, we're all dirty just a little bit, honestly. So you just need to come because my gospel says this is for everyone. Come as you are. He presented himself to death. We were far too weak and rebellious to do anything to get ourselves ready. And even if we hadn't been so weak, we wouldn't have known what to do anyway. We can understand someone is dying for a person worth dying for. And we can understand how someone good and noble could inspire us to sacrifice selflessly. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were no use whatever to him. That's the gospel. That he didn't put love for those who were going to run to church. He put his love on the line for those who were a waste of time anyways. Ever seen, you, ever, you ever judge someone like that? I, I'm guilty. I was a Christian in high school, and I'd see the worst of the worst in school. And I'd try to, you know, be, a, be an evangelist and bring people to church, and I'll see those, and I'm like, man, he's too far off. I'm guilty of that. I don't know if you've ever done it. He's too far off to, to end up in the house of God. He's too far off for this grace. But the Bible says that Jesus died for those who were too far off. He died for those. He put his love on the line for those who would never even call his name. That's the gospel we are representing. That is this picture we are reflecting. And our job is to guard it and to shield it. Verse 9 says, now that we are set right with God by means of sacrificial death, to consume it, blood sacrifice, there is no question of being odds with God in any way. Let me read you another passage. This is Mark chapter 2. It says, when the scribes who were Pharisees, saw Jesus eating with these people. 
right? They, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Stop there. Verse 17. On hearing this, Jesus told them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. It says in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 to 10, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and you are saved. I'm reading these, these Bible verses because I want you to know that this gospel is way too good to be true. For eternity in heaven, you simply need to confess and believe. You don't have to go to church for 10 years. You don't have to join ministry. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to do none of that. When you love Jesus, you do those things. But the truth is to be saved and to have a relationship with Jesus, you just need to open your mouth and confess with your heart. That's too good to be true. Any sinner will feel comfortable to raise their hand at the end of a sermon and say, I want this too good to be true gospel. This church, we have a responsibility to reflect this image of Christ and to walk in the image of Jesus. I want to transition this talk into a different direction because it sounds good to be a reflection, but, God, but Pastor, what if, what if my marriage is kind of broken? Sounds so easy to just walk in this reflection thing. Awesome. But what happens when I'm staying permanently? What happens when life put a, a Sharpie on my mirror and it cannot come off with soap and water? What happens when I'm broken? If I'm broken, how can I reflect the image of Jesus? How can I do it? I want to encourage you through two passages. Number one, this is how you can reflect the image of Jesus even though you're broken. I want to talk to you quickly about a woman named Mary Magdalene. Bible is believed, scholars believe Theologians believe that she was the woman who was possessed. And, and, and even more secure theologians believe she was the woman caught on the street in the middle of adultery. You guys know the movie when Jesus writes on the floor? That's Mary, that's Mary Magdalene. I mean, she was caught in adultery. Law says she was supposed to die and be stoned. People knew of Mary. People knew what she was up to. She was demon-possessed at a point, meaning people looked at her and saw literally just something weird going on twice. I mean, that's Mary Magdalene, and she was Jesus' homie, by the way. Imperfect person, unqualified. Mary Magdalene was not known to be a saint. She was known to be a reflection. If you talk to Mary, I think all she would ever talk about is Jesus. I mean, like, why are you so happy? Like, I saw you a couple months ago, you know, when you had that dude and you had that dude and you had that dude. Well, you're not broken. You're not depressed. Come on. You're not, you're like, suicidal. No, because I met Jesus and he cleared my debt and he gave me a purpose and he gave me a new life to live in. She's a reflection of Jesus. And here's the context we're about to read. Here's the context. The tomb is empty. Jesus rose from the dead, but he didn't put an announcement on a blimp somewhere saying he was alive. So sometimes, you know, we, we think God is not working even though he's already worked. We, we think God's not moving because we don't see him moving. And Mary has this same encounter. She shows up to the tomb. The stone, the, the stone is rolled away. The tomb is empty. And she sees two angels. And she's like, what do y'all do with him? Where is he? She's talking to angels and she's tripping because Jesus is not there. 
And that's the context of where we read this. The question is, how can I reflect an image if I'm broken? I want to encourage you. Mary was a broken person, and this is where we pick up. It says in John verse 20, it says, But Mary stood outside the tomb, weeping as she wept. She knelt to look into the tomb and saw two angels sitting there, dressed in white, one at the head and the other at the foot of where Jesus' body had been laid. And that's another sermon. They said to her, Woman, why do you weep? And she says, Oh my God, no. They took my master. Angels are awesome, but Jesus is better. They took my master. I don't know where they put him. After she said this, she turned away and saw Jesus standing there. But she didn't recognize him. Jesus spoke to her. He says, woman, why do you weep? Who are you looking for? She, thinking that he was a gardener, said, mister, if you, if you took him, tell me where you put him so I can care for him. And then Jesus said, Mary. She's like, I know that voice. Turning to face him, she said in Hebrew, Rabbani, meaning teacher. Jesus said, don't cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go to my brothers and tell them, I ascend to my Father and your Father and my God and your God. Mary Magdalene didn't even have a chance to hug him. She left telling the news to the disciples, I saw the master, and she told them everything he said to her. I think it's amazing how the first person Jesus come into contact with after his resurrection was not a priest, was not a teacher, was not a pastor, was not a church leader. He went to the woman who was known. She was known. She was out there. She was all over the place. Isn't it funny how the, per the first person Jesus approaches in his glorified body, she didn't even recognize him. He didn't even go to his disciples. He said, listen, I want you to go tell the disciples. I'm, I think he's sending a message to his disciples. Y'all think I'm coming for you? I'm going for the Marys of the world. You think I'm coming back for you? You, you think we're going to rise one day, but go and get those who are lost. Because I'm speaking to them too. If I'm broken, how can I reflect the image of Jesus? Understand that Jesus is for everyone, even for me. Even if I'm broken, even if my glass is stained, he's for me too. That's the beauty in it. As you reflect, you begin to get healed. I'm a broken mirror. I can't reflect the image of Jesus. As you live in this reflection, the God of your life and of your heart will begin to put the pieces back together. And secondly, if I'm broken, band come up. I want to sing beautiful names, start at the bridge, you have no rival, lay, kill it. If I'm broken, how can I reflect the image of Jesus? Number two, step into the presence of God. We had no church on, on Friday. I wasn't at no hope group on Wednesday. I was at a dinner. I mean, this week was a long week. I woke up this morning. Man, how good and pleasant it is. Come on, I'm trying to get into church. I miss church. I miss y'all. I miss being together with people of faith. I miss being here. And see, when the enemy is trying to attack you, when the enemy is trying to tear your life apart, he's going to give you a thought when you wake up saying, I'm too tired for church today. All he has to do is separate you. Come on, we preached on the body a couple weeks ago. The body is best when it's in place, not when it's dismounted. See, isn't it funny? That part of me being healed again. Part of me being a full, complete image is stepping into the presence of God. We're going to turn up. Let's have vocals out. Let's do this. Are you guys ready? Let's go. Let's go. I'm ready. Y'all ready? Come on. It's going to be Pentecostal day. Come on. We're just going to pray at the altar. We believe in that.
Step into the presence of God. Wake up in the presence of God. Go to work in the presence of God. I was talking to Sydney. Sydney was like, you know, he's a business owner at our church. She was like, man, I, every time we get a chance, we're we praying with our, with, with our associates. We're praying. Step into the presence. You don't need a pastor to pray. You don't need a deacon to preach. Step into the presence every moment of your life. And this mirror image of Jesus will begin to be reflected all over your body. Reflected. I step into the presence of Jesus. What is the presence of Jesus? The presence of Jesus is the dwelling place of God, which is your heart. If you're a believer in Jesus and you made that prayer, you bowed your knee one day, called Jesus, you are now walking, breathing temples of God. So now the only way to step in is to be conscious of his presence because he wants to move anywhere. Amen. I think it's funny. It, it, it's funny how I mean, in, in verse 15, it says, Jesus spoke to her. He says, woman, why do you weep? Who are you looking for? She thinking that he was a gardener. Gardener. I, I read that and I said, gardener. Why did Jesus look like a gardener? And then, and then I, don't, I don't know, the Holy Spirit told me, he said, Listen, go, go back to the beginning. Go back to Genesis. Go back to the beginning see there was something called uh, uh, the garden of eden and there's a there was a relationship that that god had with man the bible says that god walked with man every day that every morning god, adam and eve they were walking in the presence of god and then they sinned and what happened is is that they got kicked out of the garden of eden they were literally pushed out and the bible says that there were angels guarding every corner of this garden saying man because you sinned you cannot enter this garden and i think it's funny how the day that Jesus resurrected, when Mary looks at him, she says, I think he looks like a gardener. He looks like he's been in a garden. I came to tell somebody the garden of Eden is wide open. We are standing in the presence of God. If you are broken, if you are hurting, get up on your feet and step into the presence of God. It's open. We're back in business, baby. Come on. Back in business. How do I become a reflection of my creator? Man, I just got to step into the presence of God and understand I'm not called to be Jesus. I'm called to reflect Jesus. Come on, anybody excited? The Garden of Eden is busted wide open. Come on, we are all invited to the presence. We hope this message has inspired you. As a place of hope, our church is committed to reach our community. If you'd like more information about New Birth, visit our website at nbplaceofhope.com.